0: And then uh, Karen, Karen wakes up in the middle of the night with a massive spasm in her left arch of her foot. And she, you know, it just, she just jumps up out of bed. And she says, it's not the kind of spasm that, you know, you can get up and walk off. She said, I felt like my toes were going to bend backwards and touch my heel. Hey, everybody, it's uh, me, Dr. Jack. Uh, Mary is still on vacation with her mother and sisters. And so welcome back to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. This is podcast episode 164, the relationship between a healthy spine and a good pain-free life. And what I'm going to be talking about is how accidents, falls, sports, other kinds of trauma, toxins, even depression can lead to an altered position, altered position of the spine out of normal, causing a variety of symptoms. But before we get to that, for our regular listeners, the next four minutes is our financial stuff. You can fast forward through it if you choose, but for our new listeners, please listen at least one time so you understand how we do things around here. I want to take a few minutes to talk to you about why we don't have sponsors on this podcast and what that means for our business model. Yeah, we've been approached many times to sell products on this show. But we've always resisted these financially tempting offers because what we're doing here is too important to be seen as biased or dishonest in favor of this product or that product or to be beholden to the views of a particular brand of something. You deserve unbiased information, and we know we have to compromise on that if if we were to shill for third-rate products. And even though we do promote our products, it's because we made it and we know what's in it, and we have the testimonials to back it up. But that said, we don't make money from these podcasts. All of our income comes from your support and the sales of our supplements and the supplements of the one and only true whole food supplement manufacturer in the United States, Standard Process. But we aren't paid by Standard Process. Indeed, they discourage anyone talking about the amazing benefits of their products. So, Standard Process and our own forbidden doctor supplements have saved our own lives and helped countless thousands of patients searching for an alternative to drugs for anything and drugs for everything. So the bottom line is, we may mention supplements that you can get from our website or elsewhere on the the web. Uh, The knowledge we share is real, and you can take that with you forever, whether or not you ever buy anything from us. But if you have taken our free symptom survey, then let our nutritional experts consult and develop a personal supplement protocol for you. Uh, based on your real-world nutritional needs. And then if you buy your protocol from us, not only have you taken a huge step in the right direction of your own health, but you've made everything we do here at Forbidden Doctor possible with your support. So thank you for that support. Okay, now on with the things. Yes, yes, on with the things I don't want you to know. All right, so uh, by way of announcement, our enzymes finally, after five months, are back in stock Remember, your body's ability to produce enzymes quickly reduces after 35 years of age. And remember, nothing happens, nothing stops without an enzyme being involved in the process, especially your energy levels and digestion, which are only two of almost 5,000 enzyme processes in the body. If you're having any problem with your get-up-and-go or lingering digestive problems, such as acid reflux or gassy indigestion, you might want to try our lifelong energy enzymes. Okay, so Tom, a young boy, uh, not even at puberty yet, was um, sledding. Uh, We live in Utah, and up in the mountains, besides the best ski on earth, skiing on earth, there are a lot of uh, well-groomed inner tube and sledding runs. And so he was up there with uh, buddies and friends. And as boys tend to do, they get a little crazy sometimes in their uh, demonstrations of um, supreme physical fitness. And he decided to go down the hill backwards on a sled without a helmet. And he hit a tree. And it knocked him out. In fact, he was out for several minutes, as much as five minutes, which when the, par- and the parents were there. And of course, when your child is knocked out and they don't, they, they won't come to, you know, Tom, Tom, Tommy, Tommy. They won't wake up after five minutes. You get a little bit concerned. So before the five minutes were up, he was in the car on the way to the emergency room. And he starts to come to in the emergency room. And they check him out. And the best they can come up with is um, concussion because they took x-rays and there were no broken bones and no brain bleed. They did a quick MRI, no brain bleed. But he was not Tom anymore. Depressed. Ten-year-old depression, you bet. Uh, Suddenly, he had pains in his back and legs, which the parents were assured that this would quickly pass. Don't worry about it. Well, it didn't. And it began to um, show up as problems at school as well, and not just that, but behavior. He, He went from what would be considered a very sweet, kind, considerate little boy to a very antagonistic person. Picking fights and never being happy and raising his voice, which he had never done up to this point. Well, I had taken care of the family for other reasons. And then one of them sat there and said, hey, we ought to go see Dr. Jack. Uh, The emergency room doesn't seem to think there's anything wrong. The pediatrician says he'll, he'll grow out of it. Grow out of it? So... They brought him to me. I took some pictures and for Pete's sake, there it was 10 years old. It's already got a bad whiplash in his neck. The reverse curve was forced forward. So he had a kyphotic neck, not the lordotic neck he should have and a terrible misalignment. I mean, you could look at him and already his shoulders are out of balance and his pelvis was twisted. All of this coming from the misalignment of the head as it sits on the neck. Now, Remember, I've talked about this in other podcasts in the past. Between the top two bones of the neck, there is no disc. The discs that glue the bones of the spine together so the spine moves as a unit, and by that I mean if you stand up straight and twist your hips, your rib cage is going to go with it because all those bones are glued together with discs. But there's no disc between one and two so that your head can flop and move all over the place to accommodate the incredible range of motion of your head on your neck. So you can turn and look back over both shoulders in either direction. You can look up at the zenith in the sky and look down at your shoes to see if they're polished. All of that movement occurs at a price It's a very unstable joint. So he can't hit a tree hard enough to knock him out for five minutes and not dislodge that area. Well, the emergency room's not looking for that. When they took pictures, they're looking for fractures as well. They should. If you have a fractured neck, you want to be in the ER You know, let's not be confused about that. But there was no fracture. But part of the bones, I think it was the fifth C5, the fifth cervical bone, looked like it already had somewhat of a compression fracture. It was not the normal shape. It looked like it had been stepped on. So I took pictures, and there was. I could see it plain as day what I need to do, and I took care of him. And before he left the office... The old little Tommy was back, because that strain, that tension, on the base of the spine, uh, the base of the brainstem was gone. He calmed down. You could see his cheeks pink up, which is usually what happens with people the first time I work on him. Now, the work I do is called upper cervical. It's upper cervical because even though it affects the enti- not just the entire spine, it affects you from your head to your toes. Um, the only bone I touch is the very top bone in the neck with about one to two ounces of pressure, but it requires very, very precise x-rays to know what to do. You cannot put that top bone in its proper position. And I'm talking about half a millimeter type of precision without x-rays, because you don't know where it is without x-rays. You may think you do, but you don't. Then, actually the same day, Kristen came in. Motorcycle accident. Kristen was born on motorcycles. She was, you know, you've seen those little tiny, tiny little motorcycles that kids will get on. Um, Two years old, she was riding one of these little motorcycles at two years old and just had an act for it. And she was involved in a lot of motocrosses and races and everything else. But she had an accident. It wasn't in a race. She was just kind of fooling around with some friends doing jumps. Now, she's older. She's mid-teens. I think she's 16. And she knows better than this. But they were doing backyard jumps over a culvert and uh, she didn't hit the other side. She hit about the, the front wheel of the motorcycle, hit about the top four inches of the culvert over the bars crashing into the ground, no helmet. She knows better than this. Well, <clears throat> she broke her neck and she broke an arm and she broke a leg and this was almost a year and a half ago. And the bones healed, of course. And she was immobile for a long period of time, you know, several weeks in a halo for her head and neck, I mean, for her neck to heal. And, but the um, s- severe migraines, a low back pain, and sciatica that she had never had prior to the accident showed up. Well, she was assured by her medical doctor that she would grow out of these things, that they would eventually disappear. And Yeah, they were probably related to the trauma. Well, of course they were related to the trauma. They weren't there before the trauma. Well, a friend of the family told him about our clinic. And I don't know. I think it took two, three months for them to finally come in because by this time, uh, her life had pretty well been robbed from her. I mean, she didn't want to go out of the house. She didn't want to get out of bed. She didn't want to get off the couch when she did. And, uh, and any time I deal with somebody new for the first time that really doesn't have any experience with these kinds of things that I do f- are very, very, you know, nah, I don't know. You know, I, I am very skeptical of this. Well, nobody, as I tell them, was more skeptical of this than I was when I ran across this when I was in college. And it was the only thing that made any sense to me, because you can measure it. You can measure on an X-ray what the problem is, and it will tell you what to do to fix it. Then you do what the X-ray says to do, and then you take another one when you're done to make sure you did it. If you didn't, you go back and finish it, because when you get that back into alignment, then the pain goes away rather quickly. And I don't care where the pain is. The most canceled surgery in our office is knee surgery, and I never even touched the knees. So anyway, I took some films and and I could see the fracture and it had healed, of course. And they were a little concerned about me doing what I do because they thought I do what most chiropractors do with, you know, a little bit of accelerated uh, movement. And no, no, I didn't. I uh, got them to relax. But anyway, (laughs) I worked on her. And she, uh, when she was in our recovery area, after I work on somebody, I have them go lie down in a dark room for a while without moving so their body can accept what I've done to it. And she said before she left, well, you know, I don't know if I feel any better or not, but I feel something happening. She said, it feels like my hips are twisting. And I said, untwisting? She said, well, yeah, it might be untwisting, but I feel like my hips are moving. So I tried to explain a little, you know, musculoskeletal things as to why that might be happening. I sent her home, said, I want to see you in a week. She came back in a week and described herself as being 85% better. I said, you ready to get back on the motorcycle? She says, yes, as soon as the snow and ice is gone. You bet I am. Um, I think I've seen her twice since then. I believe so. And each time, better and better and better. And now describes herself as at least 90% better. And I've only the third time, I didn't even need to work on her. I've only worked on her twice. Now, they, uh, that's not typical. It usually takes me about a half a dozen visits to get somebody to where they're f- feeling considerably improved. Then uh, Karen. Karen wakes up in the middle of the night with a massive spasm in her left arch of her foot. And she, you know, it just she just jumps up out of bed. And she says, it's not the kind of spasm that, you know, you can get up and walk off. She said, I felt like my toes were going to bend backwards and touch my heel. And she said, I stood on it to stretch it, and the stretching hurt worse than the contraction, but finally the contraction let up a little bit. And so the next day she made an appointment, went to the ER. No, what wasn't an appointment. She just went to the ER to have them check it out. And they said it was probably plantar fasciitis, uh, which is a, you know, an inflammation of the fascia uh, all along the plantar's tendon and the muscles there in the arch of the foot, muscles that are designed in, a, in the uh, fascia and ligaments that's designed to keep the foot in an arched shape. When that is lost, the uh, the foot will go flat when some people have flat foot flat feet. And uh, even what we do helps to regain that arch. But um, she started, she was on painkillers and she would use ice and, but it would keep coming back. It wasn't as bad as the initial time, but it wouldn't go away. She found out about us. She comes in and, and these are the classic cases of where someone has a problem, you know, below the waist, below the knee, below the ankle in the foot. And I'm working on the top bone in the neck and there's this disconnect, like, what? what are you doing? Come on, what are you doing? And I explained to her, uh, and I think she's in her mid-40s, and I explained to her, um, you've been misaligned for some time, and I showed her in her x-rays where some degeneration, some disc degeneration was present, some arthritis was present. I said, this has been going on for a long time. It just finally hit you here a couple of months or three months, whenever it was, prior to her visit. And, it, you know, it's, it's the last straw kind of thing. And, if I, and it causes a massive spasm when your body's out of alignment for that long. You've been walking out of alignment. You've been standing out of alignment. And it's put pressure and pressure and pressure on the fascia, the lining between the muscles, on the ligament as well. And it finally couldn't take it anymore. And that massive spasm in the middle of the night, whether it's in the plantar area under the foot in under the arch whether it's in a in a hamstring or or your quadriceps and your thigh or in the back or in an arm or shoulder it's the same thing there's a certain area of the body in unbalanced weight bearing stress has been picking up that stress and finally it's had enough so um by the second time i'd worked on her um it still hurt, but she could walk without the sharpness. The sharpness of the, like, feeling like a knife was being stuck up or a screwdriver stuck up in the arch of her foot was gone. But it still ached. And I said, well, it's going to ache for probably another two, three, four weeks because it's severely inflamed and you're not going to get off of it long enough to get a quick heal. And, she, of course, she works. I think she's a schoolteacher, in fact. So she's on her feet quite a bit. But um, just take these little Dixie cups with water, put them in the freezer, so they 're round and they freeze, and they 're you know full of ice and Then when you get home at night or during lunch break at school, take off your uh, sock, your shoe, and sock, and put it under the arch of your foot and roll it back and forth. Let that cold get in there, put that nerve to sleep and i 've probably put her off for two weeks since the last time I saw her, so but I expect considerable improvement. I told her every four or five, six days it goes by it 's still going to hurt a little bit, but not like it did the previous week it 's going to get better and better. I said probably by the first day of spring, which is another three weeks or so away, four weeks, you're going to feel considerably better. Then there's Sammy. <clears throat> Sammy is a graphic artist. Uh, she has been doing art since grade school. And then, of course, once she discovered Photoshop as a preteen, um, she got involved with that and has a college degree in graphic arts. And works freelance for several different companies, not the least of which is Disney. And she, she demonstrated the position she gets into in order to do her graphic work. Now, she was complaining of serious neck pain and low back pain. Now, I want you to imagine if you've ever gone bowling I want you to imagine standing upright, standing straight, shoulders back over your hips, and holding a bowling ball high on your chest, right in front of your neck, in that standing position. Now, I want you to imagine leaning forward about three or four inches with that bowling ball up there on your chest. And imagine what's going on in your legs and your low back and your neck when you do that. See, in the first position, with your shoulders over your hips, your hips over your feet, bowling ball up in front of your neck, that's kind of where your head is as far as gravity is concerned. And the force of that, the weight of that bowling ball, which is about the same weight as your head, is going straight down through the spine. When you lean forward four inches, now you're in a totally different position and gravity is doing a number on you, trying to pull you further and further forward. Well, what's gonna stop that from happening? Well, perpetual muscle contraction in your neck, your shoulders, all along your spine, into your low back. You don't have to have an injury to have back pain. You don't have to have an injury to have neck pain or stiff neck. You just have to be out of alignment so that gravity is no longer pulling your head straight through your spine in a vertical position. It's now pulling you forward. And the position that she was in really promoted that kind of a misalignment. It made it worse. And it started bending the bones of her neck forward so that she lost her curve. And she told me, she says, I I can't, I can't, I can't do my work for more than 15 minutes before I have to lay back. And and so I took x-rays. She came in by referral from somebody else. I took x-rays and I showed her on the film. I said, there it is. There's your problem. And of course, she didn't understand. She has no radiology in her, in her graphic artwork. So, I, you know, sometimes I get a little, a little smarty. And I, I said, here, look, here, here's the center of your skull in this x-ray, and here's the center of your shoulder. The center of your skull should be sitting right over top of your shoulder, a straight vertical line. Your, your, the center of gravity of your head is way out in front of your shoulders. This is what gravity is doing to you. So she gets this puzzled look on her face like, well, do I have to change careers? Do I, you know? I said, no, no, We just, I just have to get the lock out of that spine that's got you locked in that position. I can do that. But we're going to have to change the position you get in for your work in order for the spine to heal. So we're still working on that. Um, after the first correction I gave her to her spine, her low back pain was gone. Just completely gone after the first one. Uh, I think I've seen her three, maybe four times, and she still has some headache pain and uh, a little bit of neck pain, but not as bad as it was. But she's still maintaining that same position. She says, I have deadlines. (laughs) Yeah, well, I appreciate the fact that you have deadlines. Uh, Your body doesn't have deadlines, but your body needs some help for these things to heal. I said, it's just going to take longer. It'll take longer than it normally does with most people because the position you get into six, seven, eight hours a day works against what I'm trying to do, even though you're starting to feel better. Well, she said, I'm just going to have to live with that because I have de- <laughs> I have deadlines. All right. Then there's uh, Linda. Uh, what would be described as an insidious onset of neck pain and migraines about five years ago. Insidious means you you don't really have something you can point a finger at and say, that's what it was, you know, like a car accident, then suddenly you have migraines. Insidious is it just slowly starts showing up and then all of a sudden it's there and she goes to her doctor and of course the doctor wants to give her, guess what? (laughs) Yeah, painkillers does some blood tests to find out if there's a problem with uh, the thyroid, the adrenals, you know, the blood panel, because uh, an onset of migraines slowly could be related to some metabolic problem. Certainly it could. So t- I, took, I took the pictures. I showed her what was going on. I started working on her. And like I said, the, the back pain was gone after the first correction. Um, the migraines persisted for about two weeks before there was any change in the migraine pain. And I... Um, tried to probe further and further as to what could have caused this because as an insidious onset, there's no, nothing you can point a finger back you know, down the highway of time and say, oh, it, it, I didn't have it before that happened. And it started after that happened, so it must be because that happened. Well, she finally, <laughs> she finally remembered she was on a a bicycle in in the uh, street with some younger kids demonstrating a wheelie. And she went over backwards and landed flat on her butt in the street. And she said, I remember it shook me all the way up to my head. And I felt a sharp electrical shock. But then I started feeling okay, and so I didn't worry about it. Which is what happens to a lot of us when we go through some kind of accident or trauma. Bad ski fall, slip on the ice... Uh, even a car accident that, you know, doesn't uh, send you to the hospital, these kinds of things. And, you know, within a few minutes or a few hours, you're feeling better again. That's the body's natural pain-killing mechanisms taking place with the encephalins and the endorphins that will cover up pain. Which is why you can see somebody in a horrible auto accident and you're looking at them and you're thinking, oh, my goodness. And they're just looking at you like you know, can you help me out? And you can see their leg twisted around backwards and they can't feel it because the body is releasing these painkillers. Now, eventually they will. So I said, well, let me show you in your neck on this x-ray where that fall on your butt may have um, left its mark. And so I pointed out to her because your neck tells the story. Your, the, the bones of your neck, the bones of your spine tell the story. Bones don't just have degenerative conditions because they don't have anything better to do. Something initiated it. Discs don't get destroyed because you had a bad hair day. Discs get destroyed because of some trauma that preceded it. And a lot of times it gets the insidious onset description because they didn't fall off a five-story building. They didn't fall out of an airplane. They didn't get hit by an asteroid. So, It's hard to point at something and say, oh, yeah, that's. As I consult with a new patient, I always tell them the same thing. I never see anybody over the age of 10 years old that is not misaligned. They may not be having symptoms yet, but they will. If you survived your own birth, and by survived, I mean there wasn't birth trauma involved. uh, C-section, preemie, forceps. Uh, Breach; These are all birth traumas. If nothing like that happened, it's just a normal vaginal delivery and labor wasn't all that long and you were out pretty quick. Even with that good start, by the time you finish first, second, third grade playground experiences in school, you've fallen down, been knocked down, pushed down, thrown down, knocked down enough times that you're misaligned. And then what follows after that, as you, you know, get into puberty and your world starts to expand, horses, four-wheelers, cars, motorcycles, skiing, water, snow, whatever, um, contact sports. I've never seen anybody knocked into balance any more than you kick them in the backside and they go back into balance. It takes extremely precise movements directed by an X-ray. Now, I wish there was something else we could use besides x-rays. Sound, I think, in the next decade might be able to do the job, but not yet. But because I'm looking through a very small area of the body and we use lead filters, the x-ray exposure is rather small. I'm not implying x-rays are safe. I'm just saying it's less x-ray exposure than a a six-month visit to the dentist. So I will be seeing Linda before too much longer, and I expect um, the neck and the, and the migraine. The migraines usually, will in this kind of condition, will progress to headaches. And then the headaches will continue to get less and less and less as there's less and less strain on the muscles of the neck going into the skull. Then there's Amy. Amy and her fibromyalgia. And what... A, I think it was a naturopath that told her it was toxic buildup in her gut. Well, everybody has toxic buildup in the gut, especially somebody with fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia has been called other things in the past, lumbago, some other things. In our toxic society that we live in today, um, it's not uncommon for the body to start having inside of its own structure uh, garbage waste disposal points if it can't process the toxin that it's come across it'll store it it usually stores it in fat because most of these toxins are fat soluble anyway water soluble toxins usually get you know washed off by the rain into the soil but the oil based toxins that are out there that are on our foods in our foods and in the air and in the water have a way of building up inside the system and I think if I remember right, there's about 18 points on the body. And if you have like 11 of them, pain points, you're diagnosed with fibromyalgia. You might get a prescription of Lyrica or, or some other painkiller, anti-inflammatory, whatever else. Rather than going to the cause of the problem. She was involved with drill in high school. And part of the drill team... Would do some acrobatic stuff, you know, like the cheer girls and boys would do the pyramid things. Some of the drill would do that. She was dropped. Two people high was dropped in a grassy field, but dropped. And from that point on, she started to have pains in the joints and muscles. And now she's in her 30s. This is like 20 years later. And full-blown fibromyalgia. She can, she can hardly move. The pains are so bad. So I said, this is going to be a twofold approach. We're going to take care of the spine because I've never seen anybody with fibromyalgia that did not have a twisted spine. And we're going to work on the gut because I think your naturopath is correct. There are toxins in the gut. We're just going to do gaps. If this is the first time you've heard me on a podcast, we have many podcasts on gaps, GAPS, gut and psychology syndrome, the relationship between the health of the gut and the health of the rest of the body because all diseases begin in the gut, all healing begins in the gut. So, um, we put a program together for her, but the, f- the next time I saw her, she says, no, there's no change. I, in fact, I think I hurt a little worse than I did when I came here. And then I, of course, make my smarty remark, oh, and you still came back. <clears throat> this is not unusual for fibromyalgia. It's not unusual where there are toxic consequences that show up in the muscles, it could show up in the bones, it could show up in the skin, it could show up in the organs. In her case, it showed up in the muscles. And she said, no, I think it feels a little worse. And I said, well, that paperwork I gave you at the very beginning, uh, when you were here the first time, explains that it could feel a little worse before it feels better, because your body's ability to sense pain is improved by what I do. And so what I'm trying to do is stop the inflammation before your body is more aware of it. But with things like fibromyalgia, it could take an extra week or two for these things to resolve. Second time I saw her, she described a 50% reduction in the fibromyalgic pain. And she's not taking any drugs. She took some for a while, and she says it just made her wacky. She didn't want to do it. So, well, she is taking drugs. She's taking over the counter. And um, she hasn't started the GAPS program yet. I said this is absolutely essential because... As your body begins to clean itself out, it's going to do do so through urine and through the gut, but mostly through the gut, through liver detoxification. These chemicals, these substances are going to end up in your bloodstream. And as that blood goes through the liver, the liver is going to catch it. And the liver, if it's healthy, has an incredible detoxification program called the cytochrome P450 oxidase system, Uh, step one and step two, where it changes toxins into something the body can handle either fat or water soluble and get them out through the gallbladder and into the colon or out through the uh, urine through the bladder. But we've, you know, we've got to be able to take, make sure the liver and the kidneys are working fine. So she said that she would do that, but she hasn't committed to it yet, but the fibromyalgia was 50% better. Now, all these people I'm telling you about here, I've seen in the last three weeks or two weeks, two or three weeks. And then the last one, Jackson, migraines and depression. Migraines started before puberty, which is not unusual if you know where his injury came from. When I saw him, I think he was, well, re- just recently when I started working on him, I should say. Uh, I think he's 15, but he's had migraines since he was eight, half his life. And he's on drugs. And the side effect of the migraine drugs has caused some depression and also the fact that he can't do anything except stay down in the basement in his bedroom with the lights off. Well, in taking his um, his history, it became obvious what the problem was. His soccer teacher, soccer coach taught him how to do headers where you bounce the soccer ball off your forehead headers are bad enough for an adult but his neck wasn't even completely formed yet he had more growth to go through and it simply knocked the head out of balance with the neck it causes muscles in the neck to get tight and spasmy they compress nerves that come out of the top of the spine to go back up into the head and it's something called cervicogenic means it's created by the neck it starts in the neck and it moves into the head that was an easy one but the thing that impressed me the most was after he came back after his first visit not only was the migraine pain considerably reduced although it still hurt a little bit but she says i think we're getting our boy back the depression seems to be lifting what in the world could you possibly do with his neck that would affect depression Blood flow, (laughs) blood flow to vital areas of the brain, Uh, nerve interference that can cause overactive nerves inside the hippocampal area, nerves that arise as low as the first, second and third bones in the neck in something called the primary primary rami, several different things. I said, the fact is, is he's feeling better. She says, yes, he is. Now, I could go on. I, I think that's enough. The whole idea of this podcast was the relationship between a healthy spine and a good pain-free life. That's the title of it. Podcast, what is it, 154? 164. The relationship between a healthy spine and a good pain-free life. You cannot have a good life when there's compression of nerves going on. And that's what the misalignment to the spine does. Now, if you think you might be a candidate for the specialized approach to healing the spinal misalignment, take the symptom survey that we have there at uh, ForbiddenDoctor.com. And at the end of it, there's a place where you can write personal notes to me. Besides answering a survey question, you can also write in. I, I have this going on. Do you think what you do could help? There are people around the country that do what I do. Some of them I recommend, some of them I don't know. Um, I sit on the, the board of, direc- of directors for um, the uh, certification and standards. It's not the board of directors. It's just the standards and certification board. I'm a member of it. That sets the standards for this particular technique. And I I, I know who around the country I would send people to. If you think that... Might be a benefit to you. Take the symptom survey, put your information there at the end, and our nutritionists will bring it to my attention. So, let me get through this disclaimer here. The statements made in this podcast about specific products have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided or any information contained on or in any product labeling or packaging. Or this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. So thank you for listening to this forbidden information and our forbidden podcast. Join us next time for another in-depth discussion of forbidden knowledge. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. If you are curious about long life energy enzymes or ageless thyroid, you can purchase them without a membership from our website at ForbiddenDoctor.com or get our enzyme formula from Amazon.com by searching the full term, Long Life Energy Enzymes. Don't forget to take our obligation-free symptom survey to get a free personalized supplement protocol recommended for you by Dr. Jack, Mary, or one of our qualified nutritionists. Take the survey, Get a call from our nutritionist to create a protocol and a patient login. Then use that login to see your own personal protocol, along with any favorites you've saved from our symptom library. Remember, our website and our clinic are here for you always.